Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Pirelli tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. That's TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. That's TireRack.com, TireRack.com, TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for listening to the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 to 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. We're all getting tacos. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Yes. Game one of the World Series in the books. The Dodgers win 8-3. A lot of things to break down. But most importantly, thanks to Mookie Betts, two stolen bases. Everybody's getting free tacos. Adam Gase is so excited. Adam Gase, me, the first guy lined up looking at taco. I bet you he's out right now going, I want my free taco right now. I watch him steal the base. I got it on my phone right here. I want my tacos. I'm going to get fired sometime in the next day and a half. I need my tacos now. America is getting free tacos. Well, it's either him or LeBron. Taco! Sure. Joining us now on the hotline from the World Series in Texas. You can follow him on Twitter at John Morosi, MLB Network, Fox Sports 1 Baseball Insider. JP, did you, did, I mean, I figured you covering the World Series. You've already gotten your free tacos, right? 
well, the, the the key clarification on the broadcast tonight was was when Joe Buck had to make sure to tell John Smoltz that it was only one free taco, that it wasn't going to be two, because because it was a double steal. Which I, I was a little I was a little hopeful that we were going to get a second one out of it because there was a double steal involved there. I was excited about it, but uh, I, we have not yet seen the full taco delivery yet. To our to our press lair here at the ballpark, but uh, I will eagerly anticipate it whenever it arrives. All right, now there's a lot, and in, in the words of you, a lot to unpack here. I, I run that line a lot here on the show, just so you know. Uh, I run <laughs> Thank it, you, I, I appreciate here. it. I, I think someone had said it before me that I'm clearly I picked it up from someone, but <laughs> but the, the fact that you associate me with it is a great oh, honor yeah. indeed. Yeah, I would say a lot to unpack here, and, but the first thing that strikes me off this game, John, is seventh inning. The Dodgers are up eight-one, and the Rays start hitting the ball all over the park. Kershaw comes out of the game. Victor Gonzalez gets. 105 mile an hour line drive hit back up the middle where it just happens to be where his glove is and instead of two runs coming in it's an 8-5 game the Rays are batting he snags the line drive they get the double play at second base and I saw that play and I said you know that's one of those plays where you sit back and go maybe it's just destiny for the Dodgers to win the World Series because that's living right and teams that win the teams that win championships tend to have those plays happen for them in big situations. You're exactly right, and uh, I didn't have that exact thought, uh, but when you lay it out that way, in retrospect, you're exactly right about that. And because that, that could change the game, and, and at the very least, even if the Dodgers still win, maybe that eventually becomes an 8-6 game and they've got to use their A bullpen. Now it's almost a worst-case scenario after one game for the Rays because not only did the Dodgers win, but they did not have to throw Trinan or Jansen, or Gratterall, or Kolarik. Uh, they didn't have to use and dip into any of the Urias, Gonsolin, May group, which we assume will now be part of the, the starting contingent and probably the second and third people in the pitch tomorrow, potentially. So the Dodgers are lined up very, very nicely now. And I think a couple take, takeaways that I had. Number one, Kershaw was sharp. Number two, the Rays did not really adjust. And I think that was another key factor there they had to see the slider was what Kershaw was going to basically for his out pitch almost every time it seemed with two strikes I think seven of his eight strikeouts were on the slider and it was very difficult I thought uh, for the Rays to be able to square that pitch up all night long so Kershaw's stuff was sharp the Rays didn't really adjust until Kershaw was out of the game and by then it was too little too late and I think that the key thing is going to now be for the Rays how do they try to jumpstart their offense at a time when even as Joey Wendell, uh, when I spoke with him earlier today for MLB Network, Joey made the point that their formula in the last series was pitching defense and Randy Rosarena. Well, if, if Rosarena doesn't, doesn't have a great game, it's, it's hard to see where that formula comes in. And I, I think, too, just a larger point that I'll make, we talked before about just how good the Dodgers are. They obviously wobbled a bit against the Braves, losing three of the first four. But since then, they've been the team that we assumed that they were going to be. And, and frankly, before then, against the Padres and the Brewers, they were that team. Uh, they just I think they're back now to being the club they've always been, very experienced. And I think that the salient point there is when a team that's got as much talent as they have is executing the little things like they are right now, they are almost impossible to beat. And they look that way tonight. Well, and, th- and that's the thing is, right, b- beyond the living right double play, which, again – the calls would have been Dave Roberts should have left Clayton Kershaw in 
and we would have been taking calls tonight, JP, if, if that <laughs> inning continued sure. to go badly. Uh, but you saw Justin Turner with the big play. You saw, you know, defensively, you know, standing up, and, and that's been the hallmark. And going back to the Rays in their league championship series, everybody that wasn't a Rosarena hit under 200. So right. advantage, advantage Dodgers uh, in, in a big way. It's like trying to put together 15 play drives in football. Something's going to go wrong. Seems that's what the Rays are going to have to do to compete with the Dodgers is string together a lot of hits. And we know that that's a hard way to try to win ballgames. Well, it is. And, and you're exactly right. I think the, the key thing, and, and I'll, to back up one little bit, I think that in terms of when they remove Kershaw, uh, I realized things got sideways for a moment after he left uh, when, when the inning got all of a sudden uh, uh, very busy on the bases and, and Gonzalez had to get ready quickly. When, when you're the Dodgers, I think the, the key thing to remember here is that Kershaw is really one of your two full-time starting pitchers. It's him and Bueller. And, and that's why you had to make sure, uh, I, I, as much as you got to win game one, there was a reasonable argument to be made that, that trim a few outs from his outing now to make sure that he's ready to go on regular rest in Game 5 because you really can't use Urias, I guess you could in Game 4, um, on regular rest, but tomorrow's a bullpen game. And that bullpen game also lines up for later in the series in a, in a Game 6. So you have to at least know that you're going to get reliable innings from Bueller and Kershaw on the days when they're scheduled to pitch. So if you have to trim an inning, inning here or there, I think that's, that's a, a reasonable statement. I, I just think... The Rays, they did not offensively seem like, to your point, Mike, on the on the, the football analogy, which was very apt, by the way. Well done on that. Uh, they they just they're not they're not able to get. You know, they're they're kind of a, a three true outcome team. We've heard heard John Smoltz talk about that on the broadcast tonight. It's it's hard for them, I think, to really build rallies. Meanwhile, the Dodgers. Now, I was speaking with someone on the Dodgers side earlier today about Glassnow. Glassnow's a very impressive pitcher. I thought certainly he had moments of, of looking dominant tonight. But the Dodgers' experience, they simply tonight, and when they're at their best, they don't do this, they, they don't ever go outside the zone. It seemed like they very rarely chased. And basically the, 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 the word to me from one of the Dodger people was, Glassnow's really good, but to get us out, he's going to have to throw strikes because we're not going to chase tonight. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, Glass now had to come in the zone. He walked eight guys, or walked six guys, struck out eight. But still, it was it was just there was way too much traffic on the bases. He ended up having kind of a strange line: three hits and six runs because he just walked people. And the Dodgers simply were very disciplined. It's that level of discipline that the Dodgers had and the Rays didn't. And the Rays are going to have to find it, or or at least just execute in some big moments. Or Rosarena is going to have to have an, another amazing series because if they don't. Um, the Dodgers, they're just, they're not going to beat themselves. You saw it against the Braves. The Braves made a couple ill-timed mistakes. It cost them the series. And, and the Dodgers right now are a talented team executing at their peak. You know, and that's the thing, JP, John Paul Morosi joining us from the World Series, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon, is that, I, you know, talk about football analogies. I made the football analogy before the series is that it's like the old NFC championship in, in the NFL in the early in, in throughout the 80s and 90s. Whoever won the NFC championship was going to go in the Super Bowl because they were that much better than whoever came out of the AFC. And I kind of felt that way about the playoffs. The Dodgers and Braves were the two best teams in baseball. 
And, and, and what we're finding out now is that the Rays are not the Braves. You know, the lineup is good, but it's not great. The, the pitching is good, but it's not great. The bullpen is good, but it's not great. The Dodgers have it in every category over the Rays, and you saw it everywhere tonight from the Dodgers. I feel like everything is on game two. for If, if, if the Dodgers beat Blake Snell in a bullpen game, this is going to be a sweep. Uh, well, perhaps. I mean, game three, Charlie Morton, he's got a lot of experience. I, 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 would, be, I would be very hesitant to, to write the Rays obituary too quickly, but – you're you're exactly right about about the relative strengths overall of the clubs, and I would say this: that the Dodgers just played two teams, not just the Braves, but the Padres too. They played two teams that have deeper lineups than what they're facing right now. I mean, that, that's that's not an opinion. That's in my opinion, that that's like an objective fact. I mean, like those those two those two lineups, San Diego's lineup and, and the Braves lineup are simply deeper than what the Rays have right now. Just look at the playoff numbers. Look at how much they've hit or not hit. Uh, I mean, the Rays really, I think their, their team batting average in the last series was, I think, right around 200. I think their, their team OPS in the ALCS was about 200 points lower than what the Dodgers had in their series against Atlanta. It's, it's just not the same depth. And, and that's not to say that the Rays can't make it interesting because they can, but they're going to have to have some really timely hits. They're going to have to get great pitching, not good, but great pitching in the zone, quality stuff in the zone. And finally, they're going to have to play – like mistake-free baseball. The Rays didn't really make mistakes tonight. They just got beat, and, and they got beat by a better team on the night. And I think overall uh, the, the, the talent level is, is, I think, in the favor of the Dodgers right now. It's, it's, you know, the, the analogy I've made, of course, they're both such well-run organizations, tremendous people in charge of both. Andrew Friedman, the link, of course, between the two places. The Dodgers are basically, in terms of the, the, the resources that they've got, it's like they're the it's like they're the premium tier of the Rays, okay? Like the you know you, like the Rays don't have a Clayton Kershaw, they don't have a Mookie Betts because they can't afford them both. Look at their look at their salary structure; it just doesn't fit in their payroll. So, who were two of the biggest reasons why the Dodgers won tonight? Clayton Kershaw and Mookie Betts, and and look at what they make every year. I mean, the two of them together basically is the Rays' payroll. So, I mean, that's that <laughs> that tells you something yeah, sure. about the, the 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 difference in resources and. I think tonight we saw that in plain view on the field. I saw that graphic. The entire pitching staff, I think, makes $250,000 more uh, than Kershaw did uh, this year. Uh, so, Kershaw, because the question's got to be asked in terms of all the legacy plays, because really with the Dodgers series, other than you know updating the Kirk Gibson highlight reel, uh, it's all about Kershaw and his legacy. Uh, and as Justin, our producer, points out, uh, he's got a 1.80 career ERA in the World Series against teams that didn't cheat. So how do we put that into the narrative <laughs> to make sure those get split, up, split apart? That's a, that's, a, that's a very good point there. Uh, I, I think that here's, here's how I look at Kershaw. You know, first of all, he's now 12-12 and 12 in his postseason career. His ERA in his last six playoff starts is 3.55. So that's pretty good. You, you, you win, you know, you're – I realize with him, would you have rather seen that 12 and 12 be, you know, 16 and eight? Sure, obviously yes. But but 12 and 12 is is a respectable postseason number when you consider what you're what you're going up against. And he's now won 12 playoff games, which in the wild card era is third most in the sport after Andy Pettit and, and Verlander. And Pettit, you know, Pettit obviously has had mostly great starts. Verlander's had his struggles too. So it's, I think when you're the guy, when you're looked upon to throw all the big innings, sometimes there's a fatigue factor or whether it's, uh, 
uh, you know, struggling to perform in, in those big moments. Certainly there's been some of that for Kershaw, but I thought tonight the first inning could have gotten away from him, and he was very poised. And I think that was finally uh, finally having that confidence of just knowing how talented the team was around him. He seemed the body language room tonight I thought was very good. And, and again, his, his postseason numbers the last six times out, a 3.55 ERA. When you're facing the best teams in the sport in those games, that's, that's a pretty good number to have. You can follow him on Twitter at John Morosi. That is at John Morosi, MLB Network, Fox Sports 1 insider from the World Series. And he is ready for any question you have on Twitter, whether it is about the World Series, whether it's about Michigan playing Little Brown Jug this weekend, or <laughs> anything random in Italian. He is your guy. JP is certamente, always buddy. Certamente, una, una buona partita di Lazio questo giorno, una, una vittoria contro... Uh, Borussia Dortmund in la primera ronda de la Champions League. Okay, so if I can translate, that was Michigan wins 48-3, go blue. <laughs> Is that- I, I, you, you may say that, but P.J. Fleck may take issue with that prediction. Uh, I, I think uh, that's going to be a tough game for the Maize and Blue there in Minneapolis. And, of course, uh, Michigan-Michigan State, the big game on Fox through the following weekend. I should be home by then, but, of course, I can't go because of the rules. So I'll, I'll be watching that one from home. <laughs> press pass baby press pass hey take it easy buddy we'll talk to you after game two always love catching up thanks for everything see you jb great, great stuff there with john paul morosi and look we have more on on kershaw and mookie Betts. we got some big stuff on kershaw and mookie Betts coming up but mike you can you could kind of see tonight you know the difference between these two teams that the dodgers the dodgers look like this is a team that was but they, they look like the team from the uh from the from the kids sports movie that at the end of the at the end of the movie it's how are we going to beat these guys these are all kids that went to academies and they they're all the best of the best. They're all 12 years old, but they're six feet tall. And then here's a bunch of ragtag kids that somehow come together and win. It's like the Mighty Ducks, right? Maybe <laughs> you kind of see that, look, the Rays have a lot of good players. They don't have any stars. And and what they've been able to accomplish has been fantastic. But when you put the Rays up against the Dodgers, the Do- well, the Dodgers have the two best starting pitchers, and they have the best lineup. And they ha- and it seems like there's there's nowhere where I can say, okay, this is where the Rays can control this series. You know, I mean, outside of Blake Snell throwing zeros up in game two and, and they gain momentum and Morton throws zeros in game three. But are the Dodgers really not going to hit for two straight games? I, I don't think so. The Dodgers look like a team that is peaking right now. They weren't peaking in the early part, but you, the back half of the NLCS and into now, they look like they're playing their best baseball at the right time. Look, that's how you do it in, in, in the playoffs in baseball. The best teams make it, the hottest teams win it. And when you're peaking, you're seeing that. And we're seeing the Dodgers, whereas the Rays had to hold on and didn't play a lot of great baseball at the end of the ALCS and, and, and almost gave away a three games to none lead. The Dodgers came through and said, no, now we're showing you the best baseball we have. These were two teams coming into the World Series, very different directions. The Dodgers were coming in on an arrow up, and the Rays were coming in just a, okay, can we hold on for this one game here at the end? We almost gave it away. And you're seeing the difference between these two teams. No, and that and that's it with the Rays, right? I brought up the stat to, to JP. Everything in the CS became a, all right, here's a Rosarena, the savior. Uh, and it was all throughout that series was, all right, why, why are you pitching to this guy anymore? Nobody else is hitting. Uh, and then you get to a game seven, you succeed and proceed. It ain't pretty. Uh, you survive. But you get one day, two days off before you got to get back back to work against a team that 
other than the occasional hiccup in the bullpen, you really don't have a weakness, right? And the lineup is relentless, and you got guys that are having fun. Like, that's the other thing, is we watched mm-hmm. the NBA bubble where it became apparent at different points, all right, this team's just done with this whole experiment. They want to go home. Dodgers, they look nice and comfortable. Well, however long it's going to take, they've settled into that ballpark. They know the dimensions. You see them laughing as they bounce up against the the wall to make big catches and take away big hits. And when you got a guy like Kershaw at the lead, because don't tell me there's not some extra motivation of, hey, let's help our guy out. He's been the franchise all this time. We need to get him over, and we need to end this drought because uh, – well, they'll be damned if they're going to let LeBron have the stage by himself. By himself. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! 
And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Live from the Geico Studios, following the Dodgers 8-3 win over the Rays. We got more on that in a couple minutes, but we have football after a drum solo. I even hit the post on the drum solo. There is nothing I can't do. There is nothing I can't do. I am it's a that golden attitude god. that'll take you to great heights. I am a golden god. Wow! <laughs> Can I monetize hitting the post on songs? <laughs> get back um, to uh, classic rock radio. I keep telling you that's where we we need to expand into. Uh, some of the iHeartRadio classic rock. Tell some tale and then hit the post. Uh, we got more on the Dodgers. We're going to hear from Clayton Kershaw, who's meeting the media right now following the Dodgers' game one win over the Rays. And he said something that makes you think that it could be an inevitability for the Dodgers in the World Series. But big quarterback news for a couple of minutes here in that the Miami Dolphins have decided to make a change after the bye week, Tua Tungavailoa is going to get his shot. His first start of his NFL career will come against the Rams. These, this story uh, broken today by Adam Schrifter of ESPN. And it seems a little weird because why would you do it now? You're 3-3. Three and three. Ryan Fitzpatrick has played really well. You're a game out of first place in the AFC East. Why? Yeah, usually teams don't bench a quarterback that's playing well, even if it's to bring in their rookie. And I'm going to tell you this, Mike, because I would guarantee you this was something that was decided before the season began, and the Dolphins said, we got to stick to it. I guarantee you they said in the beginning, they, they, they talked to Fitzpatrick, they talked to two, and they said, all right, look, uh, we haven't really had a chance to have a big full preseason with no games, anything else. So here's what we're going to do. Two where you're going to play. And Ryan, you're going to start the first six games, and then two is going to take over after the bye. And Fitzpatrick, who has been a pro his entire career, doesn't say anything, of course. And Tua gets his first uh, bit of NFL playing time against the Jets this past weekend. And now suddenly he's going to be the starting quarterback. Now, this it's a difficult and a gutsy thing to do because you're playing well. And it's, boy, if Tua comes in and he's not ready yet, okay, it's a little embarrassing. But we could make the playoffs here. The, the AFC East isn't out of reach for us. We've beaten a couple of pretty yeah. good teams. Ryan Fitzpatrick is still the good Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now, it's some point he'll go back to being the bad Fitzpatrick because that's who he is and so maybe the Dolphins are saving themselves on this but there's no way this wasn't something that was decided early in the season because nobody sits a quarterback that's hot that's won a couple of games and and you're looking at all right hey we're we're in the thick of a race nobody does that unless this was predetermined and it was predetermined in the preseason because that that's the only part that says okay I get why they're going to Tua and I get it I think it's a great call because you want to go to him right you're postponed you drafted this guy uh, where you did because he, look in any other year he might have been the number one overall pick in the 
draft. He's got to play. We're getting him out there. He sat for six weeks. He's able to learn things and get reps. Now we got to get him out there. Our fan base wants to see him. Our teammates want to see him. Everybody wants to see him. So now we're going to put him out there. But I bet you this was something that they just – and then they brought it up again and said, okay, do we still want to do this? And the coaches went around the room. We still want to go with Tua? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, we're going with Tua. Call in Ryan. Call in Tua. We're going to tell him. Yeah, not obvious after the cup of coffee to finish the game on Sunday and the big moment uh, at midfield, which if you haven't seen the video, go and, and seek that out a little bit. It's pretty cool. Uh, and obviously Fitzpatrick on the sideline doing his Daniel Bryan. Yes, 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 <laughs> as Tua went to the field. Uh, he's even got the beard just like Daniel Bryan normally does too. So it works out pretty well that way. Nice comparison. But, yeah, to your, to your point, I, I think it, it's – predetermined saying if physically and practice wise he's hit this point then this is where we're at because as we know Flores has been given the green light for a long-term college style build right there wasn't expectations that this team was going to suddenly become a juggernaut or really to that matter be competitive coming into the year you had no idea what you're getting you got a hodgepodge of running backs between Gaskin, who looks pretty good. They just don't trust him really in the goal line, uh, at the goal line and around the uh, the red zone just yet. Although that seems to be changing a bit. Yeah, Jordan Howard, who was taking that role, he was banged up and inactive. So Matt Breida, who was a star in San Francisco, all right. There's three men. You look at the receiving core. You got Williams. You got Devontae Parker, who's banged up a little bit, and you got Gesicki, the tight end. Nice skill position guys, right? Nice and set. So short term, I don't know that you were expecting to be necessarily playoff contending as you got to week seven. But here you are, three and three. But you're also looking towards the long term. Ryan Fitzpatrick, nobody had any delusions that he was a long term guy. I kind of wanted to see it ride out to where it either hit the normal end of a really bad game or... Who knows? Fitzmagic in his 37th stop in the NFL. He's got a wallpaper, uh, wallpaper to room with all the jerseys that he's got from all the different teams that maybe this was the year that it, it just clicked, right? And it worked. And the defense was good enough and they kept making plays. Fantasy owners are, are pretty salty because he's been a top 10 guy for mm-hmm. those that had the guts to play him uh, <laughs> to this point which is not a very high percentage. But Tua is your future. Tua is your hope. And maybe there's something with his legs, with his mobility, that there adds an element to make them even more dangerous offensively, and they want to see if they can corral that. Now, object and objective number one is get to know your enemy. Here's a lot of tape on Aaron Donald, much like you watch Great White Shark tape. <laughs> He's going right, to have nightmares about Aaron Donald line. for two weeks. He's going to have nightmares about that guy for yeah, two weeks. Yeah, never swim in a straight line. you got to do a zigzag pattern to confuse the shark. Well, I don't know that that works on Aaron Donald, but we're going to try that same principle. Serpentine, uh, Shell. Serpentine. Serpentine. That's right. <laughs> Twitter it out about a fresca. Mike and Swollen Dome. And this begs the last question is that there's one game left until the trading deadline in the NFL, yeah. right? Trade deadline is November 3rd. 
if Tua comes out and he plays okay and shows, even if he doesn't play great, but shows that the moment's not too big for him, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a big commodity. He has played extremely well. And what are the odds that the next day, the day before the deadline, the Dolphins say, okay, we got Tua, he's our guy, he's great. Uh, we're going to flip Ryan to the Cowboys for a draft pick because the Cowboys have had it with Andy Dalton and, and we can still win the, the division, but our quarterback is killing us and I'll make this aggressive move and trade for Ryan Fitzpatrick. I, I, I'll tell you, if I could go to Vegas, I would put, I, we'll, we'll talk to Todd Furman uh, at the end of this week, I know, but I, I want to say, what are the odds I can get on Ryan Fitzpatrick getting traded to the Cowboys at the deadline? You could make a lot of money on that. I'll tell you what, I, I don't think it matters how well Tua plays. I think you've already made your decision. You're going to go with him for the duration. Let him take his lumps. And if you make the playoffs, right, the expanded playoffs with the seventh team, great. If you don't, you were building for 2021. And if you could flip Ryan Fitzpatrick for a couple more chips in the the great draft game uh, roulette wheel or whatever euphemism you want to use for gambling, have at it. Right, he, the writing's on the wall as to what his role is. Unless you decide you've got a coach and mentor that needs to stick around for the betterment of Ryan uh, of Tuatunga Vailoa, which I could see happening. Otherwise, if you're look, taking the long term as a team uh, and, and really taking that view, then yeah, if you can get a draft pick or two for him, absolutely, you're going to flip that. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast is 
NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Uh, But they also love Clayton Kershaw, who bounces back from a bad last outing with a chance to redo his legacy once again. This goes six strong innings for the Dodgers tonight. They win game one of the World Series 8-3. Let's hear some of what Kershaw had to say following the game tonight. You know, I I kept us in it uh, long enough there for them to break it open in the fourth or fifth, whatever inning that was. And, um, you know, I was fortunate to make it through that first. You know, I was bouncing my slider like 48 feet and didn't quite make the adjustment until the second inning. So I'm fortunate to make it through that. But, you know, really after the first, you know, felt pretty good with everything. And, um, yeah, just just a great game all the way around for us. Certainly appreciate the run support, and when your position players are up there, you'll take it certainly. But what goes through your mind as you work through getting back out there after 30 minutes for that sixth inning, and then you go one, two, three? What are you working through when you're sitting in the dugout? Yeah, you know, it's. Um... I, I, over the years, trying to figure out different things to do in between innings to stay loose, and I've got a few different things now where if it goes long enough, I can do to keep going. And so, um, you know, that fortunate I get back out there in the sixth and have a quick inning there. But you know, overall, you know, stayed pretty loose through it all, so I felt good with it. Do you scratch your head in amazement at Mookie like we do? Yeah, Mookie's pretty special. Um, I mean, he just you know he does things on baseball field that not many people can do, and. Um, he does it very consistently, which I think separates him from a lot of guys. And uh, and we got a lot of guys like that, which is crazy. But we got a lot of guys doing special things right now. You know, Belly, obviously. Will with big hits. JT, obviously, what does what he does. Munts, um, Jock, you know, all the way down. It's just uh, see. <laughs> I didn't even say Seager, you know. So it's just like, um, it's just a it's just a special team. It is. Next question is from JP Hornstra. Go ahead. Yeah, Clayton, Austin was just on. He was telling us that when you guys spoke after the first inning, that you assured him you'll find the slider and you'll get it back. What gives you that assurance? Like, how do you know in that moment that it's just a matter of time? Well, I don't really have an alternative. You know, it's uh, I kind of <laughs> have to figure it out. So, uh, But I, I had a good idea of what I was doing. Um, and it just, it just took a second for me to kind of figure it out, but um, made the adjustment that I needed to. And... Um, 
I threw some better ones there throughout the course of the game. I miss because of COVID. We don't get the, uh, Jim in the back. Uh, Stay yeah, in the back, Steve. Him. Yeah, we don't get that Where's guy. Where's he at? I miss that guy. Okay. I hope he's okay. Yeah, I miss him. I I'm back corner, Jeff. <laughs> really do. Uh, we got to ask JP about him tomorrow. He knows yeah, who where, that is. Hey, JP, where's the guy that says, uh, Bill on the side? Uh, what questions for Dave? Yeah. Uh, one of the other quotes from Clayton Kershaw, who was asked, if given all the Dodgers' strength, if another team can beat this Dodgers team, he said, if we play at our best, no. I mean, I get this is only one game. I, I, I get this is one game and the Dodgers win, but it, it just has a different feel about this, Mike. Like, th- this is finally the Dodgers' time. Mentally, they're in the best spot they've ever been going into a World Series where they know they can win. They're playing their best baseball at this time of the year. They know they're better than the team they're playing against. And I think even the Rays would admit, look, the Dodgers are better. We're hoping to pull an upset. Uh, look, the Dodgers are already huge favorites in game two, and you don't even know who's pitching. They're, they're minus 400 to win game two, yep. and, and you don't even know who's pitching. Tony I mean, Gosselin has now I mean, gotten the call. It, maybe. It could be Koufax. I mean, you never know. I, <laughs> they, they could make the chance. But this was put out before the Dodgers even had a pitcher out there. It just seems like this is a it's a different feeling about the World Series now. That this is the best Dodger team they've had. It's it's the most talented. They didn't have to go through a whole big long season. This is the best lineup they've had. Is this the best starting pitching? I don't know if it's the best starting no. pitching top to bottom, but clearly Walker Bueller is the best he has been. Clayton Kershaw is still pretty bleep and good. So you have them pitching, you know, you're going to have them pitching two of the first three games. So that's one of those situations where I go, all right, maybe not there, but everywhere else, there, there's, there's something to be said for confidence and how you feel and when you're peaking and playing your best baseball. And you can say all of these things about the Dodgers right now. They just look so loose, right? Like they're having fun with each, each play, each at bat, the, the conga line inning, you know, walks and base hits, stringing together a long inning, as you heard in the Q&A with Kershaw. I mean, that was a good half hour before he went back on the mound. You never know how that's going to end. Uh, so there, there's all those questions. We were talking about it live going, all right, has he been sitting too long? You know, even though his arm is wrapped and all that stuff to get him back out there. But you, you just see what they are, and it's relentless. Just the top to bottom, the lineup – defensively that was one part where it's probably pretty even for the series overall but they've been in this ballpark so you saw in the outfield a couple of big plays uh that they make that maybe maybe the Rays don't maybe any other opponent doesn't right to prevent big plays big hits and then you as you said the living right moment Uh, for that double play line drive, which is still, I I think I want a screenshot of the, how wide his eyes got as, as he caught the ball. Right. And and I want him to sign it uh, with with a world series champs insignia, Uh, you know, with, with a little inscription going on Uh, Gonzalez with, with that play uh, that just everything, any energy that was starting to go up for Tampa, that was their shot. And that flame got extinguished immediately. And you go through that lineup. You're you're not there's there's not a batter except for a Rosarena that you're really cautious around right now. He's tearing the cover off the ball coming into the series. Everybody else was struggling, right? They got by on guts and guile in the last last round, and they're they're just 
overmatched. As much as I like the team, they don't have a great starting rotation. And the Dodgers thus far have been able to pull strings with it. You got Kershaw, you got Bueller, uh, and we're, we're banging the drum to see greatness from Urias. And tomorrow it'll be on Tony Gonsolin to go and see if he can give him five good innings. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. I still really have to hear Susudio at some point tonight. I know. Uh, The Dodgers win game one of the World Series 8-3. And coming up in 10 minutes, we're going to break down the play of the night that I've seen it. 50 times, and I still can't believe it happened, and it tells me the Dodgers are going to win the World Series. But just really quick, you know, you know Clayton Kershaw is someone who will, will get into his legacy and, and why I wasn't surprised he had a big night tonight in a little bit, but tonight was the night why the Dodgers gave Mookie Betts all of that money. Just for the five-minute stretch that Mookie Betts had in the sixth inning in which he is on the front end of a double steal and he scores on a ground ball to first base where the throw should have beaten him home and he should have been out, but he gets such a great lead off of third on Max Muncy's grounder that despite the fact Diaz grabs it and throws home in one shot and throws accurately, it's a great play by Diaz. I mean, this is a phenomenal grab and throw and Mookie Betts still slides in safe and it wasn't even a close play. This ignites the big four-run inning by the Dodgers and they go on to win this game eight to three it's it's like it's not that he's a glue guy but this is what you expect from him not that he's going to hit a home run every single time he comes up even though he had one tonight he's going to make those plays he's going to play a great right field he's going to get the clutch hits he's going to make plays on the base paths he's going to make make an impact on this game from anywhere and he's made big impacts with his glove with his bat with his legs and tonight it was just those two that front end of the double steal and scoring on that ground ball that helped open up the inning. This is what they paid Mookie Betts for, and he delivered tonight. This is it. He's worth all that money for what he did tonight. No, fantastic uh, in every sense of the word, right? We've seen it defensively throughout the the postseason tonight, the double steal. He's even talking about making sure people got tacos, which is a beautiful thing. Uh, But just that energy at the top of the lineup, the the fire starter, if you will, uh, knowing also that as much as attention is being paid to what Kershaw is doing here, there's a lot on him, right? Big signing, uh, and given where he came from and some of the rumor, conjecture, speculation of how they earned or didn't earn things. I think he wants to shut up a lot of people about those and linking him back there by forging <laughs> a new trail here in L.A. Twitter at how about a fresca? Mike at Swollen Dome. We'll have more on Kershaw coming up, but this Mookie Betts, I mean, this is what they got him for, the way he can impact the game like this, like nobody else in the in Major League Baseball can. We'll have more on this coming up next, plus the play of the night, which I'll tell you, I still can't believe it happened, and it did. That's coming up straight ahead. This is Fox Sports Radio. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball. From Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 